0: Bienvenidos todos al espacio sonoro de Yoga con Gracia, el podcast de Yoga con Gracia, que va a dar voz a todas las graciosas y a todos los graciosos yogis que quieren compartir su experiencia. Namaste, graciosos yogis. Hoy estaré en compañía de uno de mis profes favoritos en el mundo del yoga, el, exactamente el yoga Mukti. Es uh, uno de los embajadores uh, más uh, apreciados y es realmente un yogui uh, urbano, uh, un viajador y la entrevista está en inglés. Uh, Jules, uh, mi profe que conocí en mi primera formación de Jivamukti uh, pues no habla castellano. Así que uh, a ver si vosotros os apañáis para entender su inglés, un, un inglés perfecto, muy articulado. Y en poco tiempo compartió um, su visión del mundo. Y espero que esta entrevista os pueda inspirar porque él me ha inspirado muchísimo. Entonces, siempre con las ganas de poder compartir las enseñanzas y experiencias, os dejo con este profe Jules en inglés así oyeras la música y su voz. Good afternoon, Jules. Good
1: afternoon, Juliette. Ok.
0: Now I'm in your presence after an inversion workshop, so we upside down.
1: Thank you for coming. <laughs> now we're you. right back, right side back up.
0: Um, could you uh, present yourself?
1: Sure, like introduce myself.
0: Introduce yourself.
1: Sure, my name is Jules Fabre. I'm a Jivamukti yoga teacher based in New York. I spend a good part of the year traveling around teaching yoga, uh, Jivamukti yoga. And that's pretty much my
0: life. Could you define what is Jivamukti yoga?
1: Sure. Because it's um, many
0: methods or many mm, a style of yoga.
1: Yeah, the one line explanation is Jivamukti is a rigorous form of yoga where the intention is remembered or reminded um, by the student and the teacher throughout the practice. Um, the goal of yoga being yoga itself. That's kind of the textbook answer. And you could say another way is Jiv Mukti is a method that incorporates five pillars or tenets ahimsa, bhakti, dhyana, nada, and shastra that is to say, non harming, devotion, meditation, sound, and scriptural study to form the basis of a yoga practice that is meant to make us more dynamic and active in our social lives, in our political lives, and in our intimate relationships.
0: Thank you. When was your first time you practiced yoga? Your first yoga class?
1: I'm not sure, but I was probably around six years old.
0: You were six years old, so how many years?
1: That would be, this year will be 30 years.
0: Okay. We make the mat. Mm -hmm. Did you like that class?
1: I have no recollection of that class. My only recollection of that class... I mean, I have vague memories here and there, but mostly there are some photos that I remember seeing. It was taught by uh, David, and it was to me and another young girl from the neighborhood that I lived in. Uh, Chloe, I Chris think David, David mm-hmm. Life is one of the co-founders of Jivamukti Yoga, and also my uncle.
0: Also your uncle?
1: Mm-hmm, don't tell so anybody. Y- <laughs> okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So your uncle bring you to a yoga class?
1: True. Um, yeah, kind of experimentation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So You don't remember. Um, as a, a practitioner of yoga, do you feel you have a yoga body? or you no know, yoga body? Yes. What is what a yoga is body? The, exactly. Because you're, you're practicing for a long time.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what a yoga body is. Um, I try to use the shapes that my body takes. To reflect on the contents of my mind and how the actions, the thoughts, and the emotions inform my physical body, and vice versa, I would say that I have a yoga body in the sense that it is a body used for yoga. Um, but I wouldn't say that I have a yoga journal body. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not on the cover of any magazines. And I don't have the desire to be, and. If you check out my Instagram, it's not a bunch of asanas in tight clothes and inspirational quotes. <laughs>
0: um, and after that class, it's when you were six years old, you were like practicing regularly or? I was on and off. On and off?
1: I practiced regularly until I was about 13. And then I took a break from when I was 13 to 17. And then around 17, 18, I started practicing more. I did the Jiv Mukti teacher training when I was 20 or 21. I pretty much started teaching right away and then i taught a little bit and practiced but there was a little bit in and out um, but i would say full-on for the past 13 years
0: how are your friends or your, your yoga teachers or uh, yoga practitioners what about them your friends are you know, oh. in the yoga world or you have friends outside the yoga world um
1: Yeah, that's always the interesting thing, right? Do you have yoga friends and not yoga friends? And do you kind of put people who practice yoga up on a pedestal and they are deep and spiritual and smart, and then you have not yoga friends, and they are just doing the best that they can? Um, So there's an important aspect for me to remember that more often I meet a lot of people who are very kind and very generous and very patient but they never consider themselves to be yoga practitioners. And I often meet a lot of people who are impatient, angry, confused, and they are yoga practitioners. Um, so...
0: It's confusing.
1: Hmm. It's, it, it's yeah, confusion. It, yeah. well, the people who are attracted to a yoga practice, like myself, are people who feel like they have some things they need to resolve. Not everybody feels that way. Um, so the, yeah, I would say that I have friends that participate more in yoga practices, as we define them and people who participate less. But I try to be careful of labeling them as yoga friends and not yoga friends.
0: Mm-hmm. But some, because you, you travel a lot. It's true. So you meet very different type of people.
1: Yes and no. I mean, I meet a lot of different personalities, but underlying it's kind of, you start to realize how similar people are, how much everybody wants the same thing has the same desires, is afraid of the same thing. So I meet a lot of different personalities, but I start to find more and more that I'm meeting the same desires, the same aversions, the same wants, the same needs, um, just expressed in a different language.
0: Talking about like uh, (laughs) aversion, Uh, we just got together like uh, two hours and a half of uh, inversion. What is your favorite uh, posture?
1: Um, in inversions?
0: No, in, in, in yoga, in, in asana yoga.
1: Um, my favorite um, asana. I would say you know something that allows me to sit for a long period of time, like swastikasana or siddhasana, um, because then that allows me to have a meditation seat or Shavasana. Oh,
0: you're the first person who says say my favorite pose is Shavasana.
1: Yeah, well, it's also very challenging, asana, to do it and remain conscious and not turn it into a nap. But I feel that oftentimes, excuse me, the larger movements require less subtlety and the smaller movements require more subtlety. And when you're lying down and it seems like there's no movement, actually you're trying to get the awareness to different parts of the body without moving that part of the body which can be a challenge <coughs> excuse me
0: and um the posture you try to avoid if all you the rest uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> all of the others
1: all of the others
0: you don't have one that's really like you want to go to the toilet when the teacher calls it up
1: no pretty much all of them okay.
0: and uh, did you See some change when you start to be a serious uh, practitioner in yourself?
1: I found that probably the biggest change, if I was to think of it as quote unquote being a serious practitioner, was the danger in taking myself too seriously. And that is to think back about how much I didn't know and how many times I made a mistake. And how many times I said a foolish thing to somebody, or made a foolish decision. But that now, today, I might be doing the same thing. And that ten years from now, I'll look back and think, that was foolish, that was you thought you knew so much. So part of the practice becoming more consistent, and more honest, is realizing how much I don't know, and not to take myself too seriously.
0: And how, how much time you take in the, every day to practice? Are you practicing every day? Yeah, I mean, what, a, yeah, a, physical, what's a practice? Yeah,
1: I mean, definitely um, the things that are most important for me, the yoga practice should make me a better human being. Maybe I get enlightened, maybe you get enlightened, maybe we all get enlightened, but maybe we don't. It seems like most people don't get enlightened. Um, And the only way to get enlightened, really, is if you have to believe in reincarnation. And then maybe in 10,000 lifetimes, you get enlightened. That, to me, isn't so exciting. What's more exciting to me is that in this life, I'm practicing things like kindness, compassion, patience. And that's what the physical poses are teaching me. And things like meditation, I'm able to sit down with my mind and take an inventory of how much progress I'm making.
0: Which is your mantra, your favorite mantra? Secret. It's secret. Unfortunately. OK. Did you have like a, a, a thought you that's coming back all the time, like a, a light motive, um, um magic recipe? Like uh, Sharon Gannon always talk about magic in mm-hmm, life. So she does. Did you have like a magic recipe for yourself? One of the things that I like to
1: contemplate often um, and remind myself is to think critically, speak sweetly, and act compassionately. That is not to accept things just on face value, but to really give them some good thought and experiment with them and see if they're true. That's think critically. Speak sweetly is to remember no matter how much I think I know, to really um, never use my words to create disharmonious relationships, have true speech, kind speech, uplifting speech. It's very difficult. Um, and then to act compassionately is to cause the least amount of harm, but also to increase the sum total of joy in the world through my
0: actions. Are you thinking about yourself, your yogi, because of your practice and because of uh, your research of having better, being a better person? You think I mean, sometimes
1: I say a yogi just as like a, because it's easy to say. But if we look at something like um, Yoga Sutra, Patanjali uses yogi to mean somebody who has attained yoga, not somebody who's practicing yoga. Mm-hmm. And we say yogi is somebody who's practicing. So if I think of it in the more traditional sense, I'm definitely not a yogi because I have not attained anything that I want to mm-hmm. brag about. Um, But I think of myself as somebody who is doing their best to practice living a yogic lifestyle.
0: And can you give me your definition of yoga?
1: Mm. Well, as a practice, I would say yoga is a practice that allows me to work with the paradoxes that I see around me. Um, That is to say yoga is a dualistic practice. It's looking at right and left, up and down, forward and back individual and eternal, finite and infinite, and finding how to live in a world of opposing forces and looking for that balance and always being aware of when I've gone too aggressive or too soft or too much upside down or too much right side up um, and be okay with the idea that there is an immense amount of suffering in the world and I don't understand it, um, while at the same time not being paralyzed by it.
0: What does you, in your eyes, have some grace?
1: What in my eyes has grace? Yeah. Like a physical object, or a place, or everything. All right. so as my teacher Sharon Gannon says, we can, when I look around in the world, I see like just, it's a very difficult place. Um, And then there's this idea, people say, we can do it together. But Sharon says, we are this together. Together we are this. And if I want to see a world without violence, or at least reduce violence, reduced harm, reduced suffering, then I have to find the seeds of those things in myself, because together we are this.
0: Just last one point. you also vegan?
1: True story. Um,
0: that is your action also?
1: You can definitely consider that a daily practice because it's not always easy, it's not always convenient, but I find that it's always the more compassionate thing. If I look at the amount of resources that are being used for this, it's difficult to say that I'm an environmentalist, but then I eat something that causes mass use of resources, pollution of water, use of oil, and deforestation. Um, But then again, I think it's not enough to say that you're a vegan, but it's important to have your actions reflect compassionately. There are a lot of angry vegans, mm-hmm. and they are not fun people to be around. They are self-righteous yoga practitioners. They're not fun people to be around. If what you don't eat makes you kind of a jerk, then you need to look at that. Um, but if what you're eating is causing somebody to be killed, that also needs to be reflected upon.
0: What you will want to say to conclude a little interview,
1: Peace, love, and vegetables.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jules, it's a it's a pleasure, to be in in Thank PM. you
1: for having me. Thank you Have a here. nice life. Thank you, you too. And everybody out there?